It's my turn. I got so involved there in the songs, I didn't even realize it was my turn. Glad that you're here with us this evening. Tonight, we continue to talk about finding God in the lyrics. And we've done this for several weeks. And if you come every week, you've heard them. Or if you've been here a month or two ago, you heard them as well. Well, tonight, we continue on with that because we keep finding songs to talk about. And actually, Mary Shanks was one who said, we need to talk about this one tonight that we're looking at. And we're, tonight, we're looking, if you haven't already seen it, I Saw God Today by George Strait. Now, I was one of the things in the summer that I get to do is go a lot of different places and preach. And so what, the, a few weeks ago, I was out someplace. I don't even remember where. I think it was here in Houston. But, but after the service, you know, you talk to people. What do you do? What do you like to do? You know, just small talk. And this guy said, well, I like old country music. And I said, oh, really? I like old country music. Who do you like? And he said, George Strait. Well, that, I went, that's not old country music. I mean, that's like new stuff, right? And so that one kind of hurt me a little bit. But this song is a little bit old, I guess, as far as what folks would say is old. But this is a powerful song. It was a number one song. He didn't write it. Someone else, a couple of people actually went together and wrote this song. But you already know from the title how powerful this concept is. And I love the intro to this that Craig gave us tonight about seeing God. Well, in these words, and I want you to see there's, there are a lot of words, but these are important tonight. And this is how the song goes. He says, just walked down the street to the coffee shop, had to take a break. I've been by her side for 18 hours straight. Saw a flower growing in the middle of the sidewalk, pushing up through the concrete, like it was planted right there for me to see. The flashing lights, the honking horns, all seemed to fade away in the shadow of the hospital. At 5.08, I saw God today. I've been to church, I've read the book, I know he's here, but I don't look near as often as I should. Yeah, I know I should. His fingerprints are everywhere. I just look down to stop and stare and open my eyes, and then I swear that I saw God today. Saw a couple walking by. They were holding hands, and she had that glow. Yeah, I couldn't help but notice that she was starting to show. I stood there for a minute, taking in the sky, lost in that sunset, a splash of amber, melting into shades of red. His fingerprints are everywhere. I look down and stop and stare. I just look down and stop and stare. I open my eyes, and then I swear I saw God today. I got my face pressed up against the nursery glass. She's sleeping like a rock. My name on her wrist, wearing tiny pink socks. She's got my nose. She's got her mama's eyes, my brand-new baby girl. She's a miracle. I saw God today. Well, I love those, that thought and that sentiment by understanding God and who God is and through birth, how you say, wow. When, when our both of our daughters were born in Brazil, and things probably have changed some since we were there, but at the time, it was not the custom for the father to go into the, into the delivery room. It wasn't in, a, in your own room. You went to a delivery room, and that was not the custom. And Barbara said that, that whatever doctor she chose would be one that said that I would be there. And I was like, oh, really? Well, really, I can sit outside. No, you won't. You will be there. <laughs> and so we found a doctor who said yes. And so he happened to be head of, of the hospital, of the birthing part. And so we go to the hospital, and everything is great, and we're there early in the morning, and the doctor comes in, 
And Barbara says, my husband's going in with us, right? And he said, well, I think so. I, th I think, I, hopefully so. And she said, no, he's going in. And so it's like, oh, no, you don't want to have a, a woman in labor fighting, right? And so he said, well, I'm going to have to work a few things in order for that to all happen. And so sure enough, they take her in the gurney down the hallway. And he tells me as we walk along, he tells me, stay here, which was outside of the, of the area where they were delivering babies and operating on people. And I say that because there was a woman being operated on. It's kind of amazing as we walk by. And so as I stand there, and it actually was a little chapel area, and I remember praying, and there was a great big Bible in Portuguese, those huge Bibles that weigh like 30 pounds that was sitting there. And I remember looking at it, and all at once the doctor comes out, and he's wearing scrubs and a mask, and he throws me a pair of scrubs, and he says, put these on now. And so I'm like, what? He goes, put them on now. Well, what I didn't know was he was passing me off as a doctor to get me in. And so we went in, and, and I was there, and, and really it was a very easy delivery. So I said that one time, and boy, did I get in trouble. So I'm not saying it tonight. And uh, at 9.05 that morning, Annabeth was born. And what I remember saying, as a missionary who had a degree in Bible, what I remember saying in my head was, as I saw that little baby, was, there is a God. No doubt about it, as you see a child like that, there is a God. And so, as George Strait wrote this song, and he's talking about what it's like to be there when a baby is born, or after the baby's born, there's that idea, and surely there have been moments, and maybe that's not your moment, but maybe there are other moments in life that you have felt like, in a sense, you saw God. I don't mean you saw his face, and I don't mean that, that you had some kind of conversation with him where you talked back and forth, but you understand what I'm saying tonight and what George Strait was saying in this song. Well, we will see what we look for. If you look for something, you're going to see it, right? He said, well, how is that? Well, I think about it with a car. Back a few years ago, we had a Chevy Traverse for about 10 years, and finally it just died. When the mechanic says, don't bring it back anymore, then you know it's time for it to go on, right? Because he was making all kinds of money off of it. I mean, he's taking his wife to Tahiti for, for vacation, you know? And so we bought, we looked around, and a friend of mine, I'd been on a trip and flown into an airport, and a friend picked me up in a Subaru and told me how great it was, and then I saw some things about them. So we bought a Subaru Ascent. Well, I didn't know anybody drove a Subaru, and I'd never even heard of the Ascent. But do you know what happened after we bought it? We realized that nearly half the cars on I-10 are Subarus. Well, looky there, there's a Subaru, there's a Subaru, there's a Subaru. And on Sunday night, after buying that car on the weekend, on Sunday night, we came in here and read a psalm that, that the psalm leader picked, Craig or Matt or someone, that was about the ascent up to Jerusalem. I went, it is everywhere. You start noticing things all at once. And if you are a Christian and you think about God, you may realize that you're seeing God's work in many places. And if you are not a Christian and you don't think about the Lord, you may be missing those things that God is doing because God is active just like God has always been active in our world. So if you're missing it, it's because you're missing it. 
not because God isn't doing something. So I see God, I see him when I wait. Well, I don't like to wait very much. I want everything to be quick, right? If I could get a faster microwave, I would. Psalms 30, Psalm 37, verse 7 says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Well, I start getting worried when wickedness is going on around me and things aren't going my way. But somehow God can be seen in that waiting period as we become more and more dependent on God. We start realizing more and more how real God is and how active God is. I also see him when I meditate on him. There is a big difference in reading the Bible and memorizing the Bible and meditating on God's word. There's a real difference in those things. And you say, well, what do you mean? Well, you can read the Bible all day and have no idea what you've just read. You know, one thing I could do to my teachers that really frustrated my teachers, I would be talking to my friend and my teacher would be talking at the same time and she'd say, David, what did I just say? And I would repeat back to her what she had just said. But really, if she hadn't have asked me, I would have had no clue. So it's possible to read something as the same thing and have no idea what you're reading. You ever read a book and you realize three or four pages later that you didn't even realize, you know, you were going over the words in your head, but you weren't really reading? I watch TV this way a lot. It's on, I have no idea what I'm watching. And, 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 or it goes to commercial and I go, what were we just watching? I have no idea. Because I wasn't paying attention in the first place. But when I meditate on God, I'm literally thinking about God. I'm thinking about what God does, the way God works, what God has a, a plan for. And so in Psalm again, in Psalm chapter 1, I want you to see this passage. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf, leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Now I want you to see that. This is the person who is meditating on God's word. Blessed is the one who does not do those things but who delights in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his law. So if you don't want to use the word law, obviously that's the word that's used here, but if you want to say blessed is the one who meditates on scripture, this is the one who is going to see fruition from what they've done. But the one who just reads it, the one says, okay, I read it, now so what? The one who has the daily calendar, reads a, reads a verse and then just moves it over, say, I read the Bible, I'm a daily Bible reader, I get to raise my hand, I'm a daily Bible reader. They still don't get it because they're not meditating on the Scripture. If you really want to know the Scripture, if you want to know God, then it's about meditating on what does this mean how am I going to put this into practice in my life? There's a big difference in the two. And boy, sometimes I find myself getting really legalistic with things. And legalism would be that what I'm doing is just reading it, not meditating on it. I'm just quoting it, but not thinking about it. Surely none of us have ever sung songs that we didn't think about, right? You know what I'm talking about? Sing the words, but have no idea even what the words mean. Not thinking about the words. I may know what they mean, but I'm not thinking about them, so I don't know. So whenever it really comes that I see God is when I start meditating 
on God's word. And it also happens whenever I, whenever I pray to him. Sometimes prayer is hard for folks. Psalm 145 verse 18 says, The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. Some folks, I find, and maybe you're some of these folks, have trouble praying. And it's, I wouldn't know what to pray. I wouldn't know what to say. How could I do it? This is what I would encourage you to do. Just talk to God. You don't need any fancy words. You don't need any fancy phrases. Just talk. God, I need help. God, I love you, but I'm really confused. God, help me get a job. God, save me. God, rescue me. Just talk. And if you say, well, I don't sound like those guys at church whenever they pray, you don't need to sound like them. Who says that they're right? Just talk. Romans 8 has a passage that's not on your screen tonight, but Romans 8 talks about how the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, he says what needs to be said to God. He basically translates for us, and so it all comes out right. How about if I say the wrong words? God gets it right because the Spirit's doing the right thing. God's going to figure that out. He's going to take care of our confusion, our mess. I don't know exactly how he does it. I don't know if I'm saying, Lord, please give me a new car. Please give me a new car. If the Spirit's over here saying, Lord, please do not give him a new car. You know, I don't know how it works. But what I know is I just need to talk to God. And I've shared this before, and, and this is not doesn't make me something because you know there's a whole lot more I need. But I had to put on a form one time, some kind of survey. I took, how many times a day do you pray? And so, you know, the form was like one, none, one, three, five, more. And so I got to think about how many times do I pray a day? 75? 100? And so you say, well, wait a minute. If you were, if you were awake, you know, like, 18 hours a day, or let's say 16 hours a day, if you're awake, how could you pray 100 times? Well, because the prayers might only be two or three or four words. Prayers aren't like long, elongated. It's not our dear Heavenly Father who art in heaven. It's not that. It's Lord, help that guy. Lord, I just heard that siren. Help whoever it is that's hurt right now. It's those kinds of prayers. It's praying all the time. It's thinking. It's whenever Craig talks about his brother-in-law and talks about others that are sick and, and he mentions the fences. It's, please, Lord, help them. It's talking to God. And then when those prayers are answered, positively or negatively, but we pray positively, we say, yep, God was at work, not, boy, were they lucky. It was God was at work because God has been involved in, in the equation, but now he's involved in our minds as well. I see him when I serve others. In a well-known passage in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus says this. It's, a, it's like a parable. He says, Then the king will say to those, to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, 
When did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When did, you, did we see you sick or in prison or go to visit you? And the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Can you imagine the king saying that? I was hungry and you fed me and I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I didn't have any clothes and you gave me clothes. Hey, when did we do that? Because you're thinking, you know, I think I would remember if I gave a drink to the king. I think I would remember if I clothed the king. I would, that would be something obvious. And he says, whenever you do to the least of these, especially to my, here, my brothers and sisters, when you help them, you're helping me. And so you start realizing those acts of service that we do in the community and those acts of service we do to help people in our congregation, that all of that is about seeing God in the way God is working. So when you can see, as someone said, when you can see God in small things, you can see God in everything. When you start realizing God is everywhere, you start realizing God is everywhere. As I've said before, when I was a little boy and I would sing that song, be careful, little eyes, what you see. The Father up above is looking down in love. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little hands, what you do. The Father, you know that song. Some of you do. When I was a kid, it scared me to death because I was always doing something bad. So it scared me. But as I've gotten older, that little children's song has become a comfort. Because wherever I am, God is there. If I'm here in a place that's air-conditioned and, and nice and folks are here that are friendly, or if I were to find myself tonight in Kabul, Afghanistan, God is still there. Wherever I am, God is there. When we can see God in small things, we can see God in everything. Don't say, well, this was mine, and then I thank God for these big things. No, just give God credit for everything. So my question for us tonight, or naturally you get, well, you get one, but I have another statement. Have I seen God today? Stop and think about that. Have I seen God today? Well, if I haven't, I'm not looking. So let me tell you a few things. Now, it's a Sunday, so that makes it a little bit easier, okay? There were people, for most of you who were here this morning, there were people in our auditorium this morning who were worshiping. I hope you realize that was to God, right? I saw people help other people. I saw people open doors, and I saw people at a, at a wedding shower just a few minutes ago, and there were people pulling out tables and, and cleaning up uh, the, uh, the chairs, taking chairs away and bringing in new chairs and, and hostesses who were putting out food and cleaning up food. And I saw people giving gifts to, to a couple. And I saw a couple that was saying thank you and saying that we met at this congregation and what it means for us. And all those things are seeing God at work. All those things. But tomorrow is a different day. Tomorrow you go to work and a lot of people start school. Will we see God even in those moments, he will be there. He'll be there. He's there in our pain, and he's there, he's there in our pleasure. He is there. If I haven't seen him, 
I'm not looking. He wants us to succeed. He wants us to honor him. He wants us to recognize him. So let's be people that do. Maybe tonight you need to be baptized into Jesus, have your sins forgiven and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Or maybe you just need prayer. You can come forward or you can write to us at elders at mcoc.org. Come as we stand and sing.